social media if you're just now coming in. Welcome in, Hillhaven. Good to hear you. Good to see you. Come on in. Start alerting all the friends. This is unlicensed music. It's free. They can't say that. Hopefully. I love, I love fiddle. I love the fiddle. Welcome in. Welcome in. How you doing, Iron Bug? you're not giving us a follow here at the Chaos Cast, wherever you're doing social media, go ahead and give us a follow, friends. We'd like to have you be our forever friends. We'd like for you to come in here and join us every day that we go live. Come on in and sit a while and let's have a good time, my friends. Everybody clap. Stomp your foot. Stomp your feet alone. This old man, I got this old man over here on... Instagram, got Walker Stags on Facebook, still waiting on YouTube to get ready, and that camera's still cockeyed and wrong, there we go, we we got uh, Will the Real JP Stand Up, Eric Carroll, welcome in, Road Tide, Road Tide, alright, we got to cut that introduction music off, because it's playing on YouTube, y'all want to go again? Y'all want to listen to a little more? This is a little fun and happy, Bluegrass. I just want to thank everybody that made this live stream happen today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so we're getting into the Chaos Cast today. If you've never been to the Chaos Cast, hit that follow, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we'd love to have you here every day. We uh we're gonna talk about the news today. It is it's the Blood Moon special. Ah, we got the election day on Blood Moon special. Ah! Here we go. And we're gonna talk about just some crazy stuff happening uh, with the EVs. It's pretty wild stuff. Um, got a lot of a lot of things going on around the world as per usual. So share this out. Get your friends in here. Uh, even in, even in nature, it's going red. <laughs> there you go. I don't know what to tell you. I can't tell you nothing is in the side. So we got somebody in here on YouTube. Thank you for coming in friends. Um, we're always glad to have anybody in here that just wants to be a part of the chaos cast. Um, I have a playlist down here with some videos that I want to play here about midway we'll listen to what these commentators have to say and uh while well, i scroll the end of that but um yeah we've got a blood moon it's election day have you voted this was my first voting season as a an independent i'd say because um, yeah i'm going i'm about done with all that crap just about done with all these politics they're always uh they're always screwing us over it seems but um, <clears throat> getting to the news, the knit and the gritty. Um, Thomas J., welcome in. D Dalton James Rose, welcome in. 
but it, it is a very weird thing that <laughs> there's a red blood moon going to be on election day. Uh, I got to go over there before work today. Hit when I'm heading out to the mine, they're right there in the middle of it all, and we're going to see what we're going to see what's happening over. I may even get some footage of election day. Um, now in Alabama, you pretty well know it's going red. You know it's going to be red, no matter what you do. I mean, that's just you know that's the way it is. But most of our politicians take pretty good care of us, so we'll give them that. Let's go over here to Google News. So. Who are you going to vote for? Are you ready to vote? Have you ever voted before? Is this your first time voting besides that mail-in ballot that they sent out last election season? So let's look at our news today. So this is our first thing from Business Insider. Now, this is about two NATO countries. Now, these are supposed to be allies. They're supposed to be port, 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 part of the North Atlantic uh, treaty. And um, what we're seeing right here is Greece and Turkey, they have two of NATO's largest militaries, and they are in an important corner of Europe. They also have long-standing disputes that continue to roll their relationship and affect the alliance. Their tensions have escalated in recent years, stoking new fears about the first war within NATO. So, um, as we go forward in this, uh, let's, let's note this. There is war everywhere. <laughs> if you're not preparing, this is a preparing forum. And so I'll, I'll go ahead and read, uh, the news, uh, to you, the headlines as they are, because I'm not taking a side politically. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to throw my politics out there except for guns and, uh, and abortion. And then we'll just have a discussion, but. My main thing here is, is I want to tell you what is happening around the world so that you can be prepared. Now, we do have some rules here. No abuse, no trolling, um, no evasive politics. Now, when I say evasive politics, you can state your opinion. You can debate. But none of that. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, it smells Trumpy in here. All that stupid crap when you know a, a group of trolls are coming in to start trouble because – we have it. We know it. When the mods start rolling in, you're going to see they don't. We don't put up with too much. We don't put up with too much of that garbage going on. Let me share this out. We'll get Betsy Rouse in here. We'll get um, Blessed Angel in here. We'll have Big John in here. We'll have a whole group of contenders coming in here very soon. And we'll see. You know, we'll have people that'll be actually moderating that. And if they tell you to shut up, shut up. If they think you're a troll, they're probably just going to block you because of certain issues. Now, that, that's kind of crazy that, you know, we're looking potentially at World War III, but yet two of our allies within NATO are, are you know, they're on the verge of war, and they have been for quite a while. That, that's kind of wild. You know, you can't even depend on your allies right now. Everywhere around the world, we're seeing some form of contention, some form of societal collapse, some sort of supply chain uh, issues, some sort of uh, power grid issues. We're seeing that rolling blackouts in China. We're seeing rolling blackouts in America. We're seeing them in Canada. We're seeing um, basically Kiev telling their people that you're probably going to have to evacuate or you're going to freeze to death. 
Uh, and a lot of that's because of Russian uh, drones bombing. I mean, there's so much going on around the world, and, and I have to deal so many times with people. Yeah, the fuel shortages are, are big, but I have to deal so many times with people that are like ostriches with their heads stuck in the sand saying, there's nothing going on here. Nothing going on here. It's, it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. And, and one day I highly believe we're going to see people come just come to the realization, oh, crap, I'm not ready. That's been kind of my main goal is to help people be better prepared, to put out different uh, instances to encourage you to prep, uh, put out different uh, headlines to help you see what's happening around you. A lot of uh, a lot of people don't just don't realize what they're what's happening in the world. I mean, we, we go to work, we we come home. We watch a little TV, we go to sleep, and we're done. And the average voter is not highly educated on what they're voting for. It's, it's just crazy. Um, we're In some cases, we are voting against our own self. Sometimes our politicians don't realize what they're doing. Now, one, one thing I want to point out, now this is um, from the Republic world, um, Trying to find that story. Now, th now this is Shereem Elsheet, and this is a guy from Egypt, and this is the Associated Press. The world should confront climate change the way it does nuclear weapons by agreeing to a non-proliferation treaty that stops further production of fossil fuels. A small island nation leader urged Tuesday. The proposal by Tuvalu came as vulnerable nations pushed more action and money at international climate talks in Egypt, while big polluters remain divided over who should pay for the damage industrial greenhouse gas emissions have done on the planet. We all know that the leading cause of climate crisis is fossil fuels. Tavalu Prime Minister Kausei Natano told his fellow leaders, now, we recently seen President Biden basically railing on the coal community, and he got a lot of kickback from that. His administration uh, and staff had to issue some apologies. But here's the thing. You cannot, at the current state of electric vehicles, replace, um, you know, you can't replace fossil fuels. or They're not really made from animal fossils. There's been evidence shown that there wouldn't, there wouldn't have been enough uh, dinosaurs to make all that. It's, it's, some, it's some combination of, of things that cause this. A lot of people are looking at plant life and plant material that are being compressed. And, and, it, and over time, it becomes this through vents in the ocean where water goes down around the core and it's superheated and then it's shot out in other vents. So... This guy's calling, you know, we got, we got, this is as bad as nuclear war. We got to stop this right now. Now, I'm going to read you some stories about people traveling in electric vehicles. Now, this is from the Republic Examiner, the news media I was uh, mentioning a while ago. A Colorado electric vehicle owner called a road trip across the state of Wyoming very difficult after it took 15 hours to drive 178 miles. Alan Ohasha used to live in Wyoming and explained that a trip back to the Cowboy State in his electric Nissan Leaf required lots of patience. It was very difficult, Ohashi told the Cowboy State Daily. For example, 
It took 15 hours to get from Cheyenne to Casper. So that, that's 178, 178 miles. You're looking at about an hour and a half, two hours, uh, maybe two and a half hour trip um, normally. Now in the EV, every 100 miles, he is having to stop and, and get recharged in like a Tesla. Now in a Nissan Leaf, it, 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 it seems that they don't have as long a range as 100 miles on a full charge. He said that he spent the money that he would have saved on gasoline on buying food and snacks and, and certain amenities while he was waiting when he was shopping. So it really didn't save him anything. Now, this is a New York Post. An electric vehicle owner documented his trip to Sydney from Canberra in a Hyundai Ion IQ5, revealing the trials and tribulations he faced driving the $71,900 car. TikTok user Sutho Cam said it took a full day to drive between the two cities and back again while searching for sparsely located charging stations. He said the trip was a reality check for electric car owners who do not have a vehicle compatible with Tesla's supercharging network. Now, even with Tesla's supercharging network, you are you're, you're sitting and waiting for the charge, and it's taking uh, a lot longer than it would to fill your tank up. But these people are dealing with issues. These are the things we got to solve. And these people are wanting to just do away with gasoline immediately. We got to do away with coal immediately. Yet they're not solving the problems of an economy and a supply chain built up on EVs. And this is this seems to be one of the main running points right now. Even in California, they're talking about we're not going to make any new uh, electric vehicles. They're wanting to aim for no more uh I mean, they're not going to make any more new gas power vehicles. They're aiming for no more gas power vehicles in America by 2035, but we don't have the infrastructure. Here's the thing. And I mean, if you're charging off of these community docks, you're still using fossil fuels. You're using fossil fuels in some way, somehow. They're using fossil fuels to create the, the batteries. They're using fossil fuels to generate the power. They're using fossil fuels to make the plastics and vinyl that's in the car. This is the thing. When you, if you outlaw fossil fuels completely, there's not going to be any more. There was a special done on the History Channel where, like, if all the oil disappeared, just bam, it was gone. You've got to restructure our whole supply network, and we're seeing how well that went through the pandemic. So we're looking at how they're wanting to do away with something we're completely dependent on. You're not going to have plastic gloves. You're not going to have any kind of plastics. They've got to replace that whole market. And you look at how much we use plastics. Now, recently we've seen a video that went viral. <laughs> that a man come up and he was at, he was wanting to see this Tesla. And these people had ran out of fuel. And they were coming back with a gas jug to the Tesla. He said, but this is a Tesla. Why do you need a gas jug? They opened up the trunk and they had a little... Honda generator, gas power generator to charge up their EV. Now, this is within the city limits. Uh, recently, someone uh, was making a post about, uh, I think it's the, the new F-150. They got 50-mile range. They, they, they were able to drive 50 miles with, the, with one full charge. So with a truck, that's pretty rough. There was even a story that we've seen here, the Rivian R1T. Now, this come from a law firm that made a post. It said, this happened 
last November when a couple bought a Rivian R1T, which is an all-electric truck that costs no less than $79,500. They decided to make a cross-country trip to Los Angeles from Detroit with one of the best trucks that exist. One of the best aspects of the story of this electric truck is that the owners documented their journey on their Instagram accounts. Therefore, all their followers could see what happened. Overall, the couple's all-electric pickup truck expedition amounted to 2,700 miles and no less than 27 charging stops, which is too much for a high-performance vehicle. So, yeah, that averages out every 100 miles they were having to stop. So that's basically every town they have to stop and they have to do a full charge. And these are the things they're not telling you with these EVs. Basically, you're not going to be able to leave your city. If you live in a rural area and you commute for work, you're not going to be able to drive you know, an electric car to work. It's going to take you, uh, you're going to have to stop in mid-transit. Like if I was going to Chattanooga, I would have to charge my vehicle before I left work. Uh, unless the workplace was to put in charge of vehicles. We're going to have to look, and they're going to have to contract every workplace to put in a charging dock. We're not ready for these things. Will we be? I hope. Will we come up with some way, some new hybrid fuel system that doesn't involve oil, that we can power our cars and generate power uh, and, and generate enough power to run the grid without coal? I hope so. It will be great. But because I lived by a coal plant all my life, cancer's rampant around here until they started putting screens on the tops of those stacks. And, and, and it, it's just, there was uh, dust everywhere, uh, ash everywhere all around the river until they put the screens on. So it's finally gotten cleaned up. Then they tore it down and put a Google data center there because they needed the, the water system to keep the data center servers cool. So we're, we're, we're looking at, we're not ready for this and we're, we're rushing towards it. It's like a cliff. And down here at the bottom is all electric, everything. And up here, we got to get away from oil. But we are so dependent. The average person doesn't realize how dependent you are on oil. It's like going vegan. The average vegan does not realize how much they actually exploit animals, probably even more than people that eat meat do. Well, we've based our, our whole world and economy on these things for centuries, and then all of a sudden in about three or four decades time, well, we got to change it. Well, hey, we give a deadline. You got to get done by then. If they get these things done, that'd be great. But this is this, this is where we're at. You know, we're generating electricity for electric cars with fossil fuels, with with coal plants. Um, I had a friend that was in the in in the energy industry, and he he explained to me how there is just not enough amps coming from the solar wind generators to push, you know, to push the grid like we do with fossil fuels and coal plants and nuclear plants and hydrogen, uh, hydroelectric plants. So that's the thing. We got these, this way of creating power that's so green, you know, nuclear plants, uh, but we don't want to use them. You know, we, we don't want to figure that out. I think if we figured that out with the nuclear waste, how to, how to get rid of it, how maybe to launch it into space, you know, it's like $1,600 now that Elon's got it down per trip with the SpaceX uh, flying up to ISS. Could, is there a way we could launch that off towards the sun? I don't know. I'm not saying I know. But I, I see that in hydroelectric dams as the main source of 
green energy. But then we have the people that are griping about the ecology of these dams that have, have they say, have destroyed natural habitats, which they do because the rivers rise. The Tennessee River that is near my house, my grandparents talked about walking across it and not getting any higher than their chest. And now if you just try to walk across the Tennessee River where I live, you drown. Uh, probably get drugged down by one of them massive mutated catfish that all the fishermen are always talking about down in there. The average person that calls for these things does not understand exactly what they're talking about. Now, the people that do understand this are still, you know, there's a man, it was in Texas. He was a college professor and he was talking about the transition. You, you use the hard power for you know, for the times when the green energy is not working. But then we've seen during the freeze how green energy really worked in Texas. I mean, there they, they were people freezing to death, no power, uh, blackouts for days. So we've got, we can't just eliminate, we can't just eliminate it. That, that, that's the thing. And, and we, see, we see a president that ran on, you know, making America, build back better. We, we see this happening. Here we are on Election Day, and we're, we're looking at a diesel shortage. We're looking at massive inflation. We're looking at supply chain issues. We're looking at uh, people losing their farms. We're looking, we're, we're looking at droughts. We're looking at all these things. And, and these are the things that, one, that staff and President Biden are denying, yet Democrats are seeing like we're screwed. And Biden's like, oh, no, the economy's strong as heck. And he's over eating that ice cream cone, and it shows delusion now. <laughs> when you walk into the store, you see it. Now, now this is me. Like I said, I'm not a polit. I'm not. I'm not Republican Democrat anymore. I've seen too much on both sides. And you know, the more I talk to people that vote either way, that they, they feel like me. They, they they have people that they vote for, but they don't really trust them. They don't really believe they're for them. Like a majority of the Republicans I see that I used to vote for, I, I don't trust them especially Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. And I see all these people throwing up all these solutions, but they've been screwing up our country for the daggum last 50 years. That, and, and they're like 70, almost 80 years old. At what point are we going to do away with the ignorance and, and the part, by part, I mean the partisanship and the tribalism and really try to fix things? Because we're not fixing things. We're just arguing at talking points right now. That's what we see happening. The, elect the EV situation is just a mess right now. It's not as great as they tell you. Yet, we have these issues with fossil fuels that we need to fix. We have these supply chain issues we need to fix. And, and then, you know, economy strong as heck. Eating ice cream. That really, to me, I don't know, something about, something about that I took more offense at than anything I've seen him do because I'm going in to buy food for my family and literally my buggy's halfway full for the same price I was paying last year compared to when the buggy was full. And I hear this from around the country, from everyone. I hear this from over overseas because of the sanctions that were put on Russia that caused gas to go up. Whether you're saying uh, that doesn't matter or not, it, it seems to be affecting our economy. Now, one of the things that we did that we have seen is that President Biden, and this is per um, Bloomberg, he has actually been talking to our banks to actually still do business with Russian banks. 
Uh, he's actually been uh, trying to make deals, under, you know, keep it out of the public to keep Russian oil flowing, to pull back sanctions that he put in that hurt the economies of, of the Western world as well as uh, Russia and China. The guy's not making good, solid decisions. If he wants to stay in office, he's going to have to make better decisions. That's just plain and simple. If you're if you're thinking that man is making good decisions, then you're not a good uh, a good steward in knowing what you're voting for. I'm not telling anybody what to vote for. I'm just showing you what's out there. The the people know reality because of what they're what is happening to their wallets, what is happening to their family tables when they sit down to eat, what their grocery bill looks like, what their fuel bill looks like. We're seeing all kinds of ignorance across the board. And I I can see this not working in his favor. You can like it or you can love it. I can see all kinds of things happening. Now, I will bring some people up towards the end. We'll have some discussion. I see someone, one or two people have put up a request, and we will talk about it. We will go into this a little further as we move through the news. Now, now we all know about the lunar eclipse coming, the blood moon. Now, uh, they, this was a big thing in the church a while back, and they were they were all talking about these blood moons and how it was a sign of something happening. And I, you know, I've never seen that in the Bible, but you know, they named off all these things that happened. But then we had the blood moons, and then we like we had one of the most chaotic times in the world. So I don't know what there is to it. But now we got another blood moon coming up, <laughs> the election day. Everybody's making a big deal about it. it it's, it's wild. But take it as you want. I'm not saying it's a sign of anything. We may very well wake up and did not see the red wave we thought we would. Uh, Warsaw, we're looking at coming from Reuters. Poland will build a razor wire fence on its border with Russia's Kaliningrad. Its defense minister said on Wednesday amid concerns that the enclave might become a conduit for illegal immigration. So they're putting a razor wire fence up on their border. Now, what, what is happening in that area? Well, we've got the, the potentiality for Russia to invade Poland. And so the Polish government is putting up a border fence to keep out immigrants because they know that some of these immigrants, could people could slip into their country, possibly through that border, that could be potential Russian agents looking to cause havoc and, and maybe possibly have bombs, dirty bombs, whatever it may be. You know, they've been talking a lot about dirty bombs in the news. So these things could come into the you know country. So they're putting up a fence. While we have, I believe it's Texas that's filling in or Arizona that's filling in gaps in the fence with uh with double decks of shipping containers, which there's a lot of those down in that area from what I hear from the port cities. And then we're having the administration call, the, in, in a time of war, call these people to take those down. Because even our administration right now is, is talking about sending Haitian migrants to Guantanamo Bay and lily pad them into the U.S. because they don't have an effective border control situation while we're looking at a world war where we could have people from Iran slip across the border and cause havoc. And why am I centering out Iran? Because Iran is, is funding a lot of the war, uh, the military and war efforts in Russia. Um, 
We're seeing North Korea. We're seeing Iran. We're seeing a number of other countries in, in China. They're supplying Russia with weaponry, with uh, manufacturing uh, materials. So in a time of war, they're telling them, tear that wall down. But yet our allies are building a wall because they see the potentiality of this uh, of, of this illegal immigration situation to be, you know, exploited. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need to have immigration. I'm saying we need to fix it, you know, because on both sides, you have people that are for it and against it. You have people that are basically using these people as political pawns. Then you have people that say, well, we don't need them here. But then they complain about the jobs that none of these kids are willing to take. You know, I work in the factories. I work in the mines. I talk to people that work in construction and they're all struggling to get workers. And they're the same people complaining about illegal immigration, yet offering up no issues to fix it. We need to fix it. We need to offer past the citizenship. We need to fix it where they don't have to, to illegally immigrate, where we have more capacity to, to help them come in and have papers, have um the documents they need to work, to have the vaccinations they need, the medical checkups they need when they're coming into a country where we have all kinds of uh, vaccinations in our children at health departments on a regular basis. They don't have a lot of this in some of these countries. And there are diseases there that aren't here. And so why wouldn't we want to provide them a better experience in the country when they come in having these vaccinations they need so that these things don't spread in these communities where they live, because a lot of times they gather up in these communities. Well, how do I know? Because I've been in these communities. I mean, right now we have a lot of Hispanics that come into our community and they all congregate. They're big on family. So if you got one that comes in across the border sick and he's not been checked up, he's not had vaccinations, he's not been treated. And he's going to come into this community of happy family people and everybody's going to get sick. And that, that, I mean, we've seen a lot of that happen during COVID around here. So, we got those people on both sides. The ones that are like, just let them come in, no borders. And then we got people that's like, oh, we don't need them here. They're taking our jobs. Them dang kids are too lazy to work. It, it don't make sense to me. It don't make sense to me. Make it make sense to me. You know, we want them here, but we don't want to. We don't want to let them have the amenities of our government, government, and pay taxes uh, so that they can have you know fund those amenities. I mean, it's insane. We just bring them in for free. Let them sit here. Let, let them get all kinds of government assistance. Then the other people are like, we, we ain't got enough workers, but don't let them workers come in. I mean, it, both sides are, are starting to really just not make sense. It's just, a, I don't like you and your side, so I'm going to say the opposite. I see this happen in relationships and people get a divorce. <laughs> Is America about to get a divorce because we don't like each other? I think so. Eventually it will. I think this, if we go into World War III, it may bring us together, but as divided as we are now, I don't see how. I think that they have divided us, this whole issue with the Russian bots that they've admitted to, that our people seen, and then they explored it for political gain, you know, whatnot. Like, I've been called a Russian bot before. I'm like, yeah, ain't no Russian bot can come up with this accent. I'm going to tell you that right now. The political stance on both sides is insane. You know, we, we see a country get inv get invaded and they have to start handing out guns. And then we're looking at going to that country to fight with them. And we're like, hey, we're going to take all the guns from the average law abiding citizens in the country, which is one of the main deterrents of people invading per World War Two 
knowledge and history. That's why Japan didn't come in and take us because they took a bigger country, China, where the people were unarmed. They took a bigger country than us and held it. And then they would think about the emperor was like, hey, let's go to America. And he said, and that guy, that general said, no, you'll be fighting an individual war with every person. Basically, you're going to have a bunch of lone wolves out there with guns, fully automatic weapons from World War One, and, and you're going to have to fight these guys. And they got tons of surplus. You got tons of veterans out there. We're not going to be able to go into America and take it. So we're kind of looking at that now. Russia and China were doing exercises in Nicaragua a few months back. They were talking about these were war game scenarios of uh, of the possibility of an American invasion. And when I was talking about seeing Russian and Chinese warships, uh, like I think it was 86 miles from the Alaskan uh, board, uh, waters, which is the Kiska Islands, 700 miles away from uh, Russia, Russia's mainland. And you had Chinese and Russian warships. This is something they hadn't seen before. And people kept going, well, Russia's only five miles away from America. They're only 55 miles away if you look at it, but 2.5 miles away if you look at this certain island. And I'm like, yeah, there's another route if they were to come in and take over Alaska. If they wanted to come in and take some. If China wanted to go through Russia and take it. We got so many different things. And we see so many contradicting points, and it's, it's tribalism at its best. Some of you are, are spouting off talking points right now because some politician told you. Some politician told you that. And, and, and they, they come up with an appealing way to get you to believe it instead of thinking for yourself. Now, on election day, I want you to think for yourself. Don't, don't think with red and blue. Think for yourself. Look at what these people are saying. Go out there and vote. Now, this is from the Washington Times. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is reported to be involved in secret talks with top aides to Russian President Vladimir Putin in an effort to prevent the war in Ukraine from escalating into a nuclear war. The Wall Street Journal reported over the weekend that Mr. Sullivan has held talks in recent months with Yuri Hushakov, a senior foreign policy advisor to Mr. Putin, and with Nikola Petrushvi. Patricia, okay, there we go. the head of Russia's Security Council. So we're having secret talks, what you know, and now they're not secret no more. So I don't get that sometimes. They're having secret talks. We're going to tell you about their secret talks. Um, obviously, they're trying to avoid nuclear war. Obviously, they are trying to avoid nuclear war. Um, they are, but they are rolling back the restrictions on nuclear war, mind you. They're talking about using nukes without the old tit for tat kind of thing, and, you know, where they talked about the, you, you you launch nukes, we're going to launch nukes. No, they're just going. They're talking about using nukes like they would any other missile, any any other weapon they're going to use. So again, if you're just now coming in, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button, share this out. Let's get those likes up to three thousand. Let's see how many people we can get in here in the conversation. It's always a chaotic mess in here because of the different people that come into this uh, prepping type forum. We have so many different people. We have arguments. We have trolls that come in just to stir things up. Uh, the Russian bots, they make an appearance here and there. I, I'm, I'm thinking we probably need to quit worrying as much about the Russian bots and start looking at the Chinese and Australian bots. I don't know if y'all thought about that. I'm joking about that. But no, 
we have a lot of things that are happening time and time again. Um, now, this comes from the Hindustan Times. Russian Navy will soon get its new strategic nuclear submarine, Generalissimo Suvar- Suvarov. Suvarov. Okay, there we go. It's, it's just hard sometimes to read them Russian names just right off the bat. This is the same undersea cruiser that last week successfully test-fired a Balava-class ballistic missile from underwater hitting a target at a training range in the far eastern Kamchatka Peninsula. Learn more about the submarine. Here's what this is. So you can go look at the Hundustian Times to learn about that submarine. Uh, also from there, uh, and Bloomberg, American banks seem to wiggle jiggle as Biden secretly asked them to continue doing business with strategic Russian firms despite sanctions imposed on Moscow. According to a Bloomberg report, the Biden administration has privately issued such a directive to leading U.S. banks like J.P. Morgan Chase and Citigroup. As a result, the largest American banks are currently caught in the push-pull between the Biden government and Congress, which insists on harsher measures against Moscow. This explosive report has surfaced as Biden on the face pushes for more sanctions against Russia in a so-called bid to punish Putin for war. And so we're seeing we're seeing that issue. I mean, it's kind of a under the table, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, but hey, let's sanction the heck out of them. It don't make no sense. Make it make sense to me, folks. Don't just come in here and, and spout off political talking points. Make it make sense. We're going to punish Putin, but yet we're still going to keep doing business that you don't know about, but then it's going to get leaked, and you're going to find out about it. Oh, my gosh. Lord, help us, Jesus. You see the craziness in this world, Lord. It don't make no sense. And, and I just firmly believe I need your help to get through it, Lord. Help us today. Help us today. <laughs> Lord, you just got to sit down and have a, a prayer session in the middle of the live stream sometimes because of the freaking insanity that we see in our world. This stuff don't make no sense, folks. It's why I'm increasingly telling you to be prepared, to have skills, to have knowledge, to know how to grow food, to know how to preserve food. I want you to to understand that because they do not care about you. And I didn't serve in the military. I was a fireman. Um, I do have a lot of family in there. I heavily support military. And uh, that's the, I I don't do any kind of claim to military service. I'm not going to do that kind of fake valor stuff. Thank you, Papa. Big John. We got Big John here. All right, this comes from the Asian markets, the world's largest. We talked about this yesterday, and this is becoming a bigger issue in the media now. The world's largest nuclear submarine, the USS Rhode Island, has entered the Mediterranean Sea amid a high-stakes race between the United States and Russia for strategic submarine positioning. So basically, nuclear subs from all around the world are being strategically positioned. I mean, they're getting ready for this thing to pop off. There's plenty of threats out there of, of, of a looming nuclear war. And we've we've never seen a nuclear war. We've never seen what will happen if these guys start popping these things off. We don't know what it's going to do. Because, I mean, if, if you're pro-World War III and you are an environmentalist, that is the biggest contradiction I've ever seen. 
So, so think about what you're hollering for when you say, we stand with Ukraine. Let's go fight. I mean, we already got soldiers over there training them. Great Britain is actually being accused of, um, uh, they're being accused of being a part of the attack on the British uh, ship, I mean, on the uh, Russian ships in the Black Sea that were, you know, when they had this Black Sea agreement for the shipment of wheat, and so Russia pulled out, now they've come back in. Well, now they've got evidence that, that Great Britain was over there uh, conducting that drone attack. You know, they were the ones leading that drone, drone attack. So we're going to look at that probably, this may be the one we're going to be looking at. Because uh, we had that on there. May not have printed. Uh, I may have skipped it too. Because uh, I got I got carried away. I got carried away. I always get carried away. Looking for it. Because I, I had that on my print. Okay, we're going to look at this. The Republic World. British Navy's Vanguard class nuclear submarine HMS, HMS Victorious on Monday, November 7th. Aborted the top secret mission after it caught massive fire. So they were on a top secret mission with a nuclear sub. And then it caught fire. A Sunday article published by The Sun revealed the vessel's 130-plus crew, including those off-duty, responding to the fire incident by dousing the electric fire aboard. The submarine was carrying the Trident II nuclear ICBMs when the submarine went into flames. So here we are. You know, we're, we're moving these nuclear assets around. Uh, that's the thing. A lot of our nuclear technology is based on, like, 80s, I believe, maybe 70s and 80s technology. So a lot of the stuff's kind of old, and they're and they're they're trying to roll it out. I imagine the British uh, military is, is really kind of old, and so they're having to figure out what they're going to do with this situation. Now this comes from ABC. Now we're looking at another uh, hurricane fixing to hit. Florida, that's even more reason for you to be prepared. We talk about this a lot. The average person usually has about maybe a day's worth of food in their uh, possession. What are you going to do when you get that double tap? What are you going to do when the supply chain collapses? We're literally watching our world fall apart around us. You, you can say, oh, it's okay. Everything. I mean, we've never been in this position before. We've never seen a time when we could potentially, we, we can't replace the diesel we're using. I mean, we usually keep 32 days worth of diesel, and then we have 100 uh, days worth in our strategic oil reserves, and all the strategic oil reserves have been used up and sent to the war in Ukraine. And I think China actually got a hold of some of it, too. And then here we are, we're, we're so low, they turned two ships heading to Europe back towards America. We're coming out of the, the maintenance season for the oil refineries, and they're, they're like, we're, we're getting pretty low, guys. And they turn these two ships around, and they begin to start um, refining it. If we're so set up technologically for EVs. You know, we talked a lot about that in the beginning. If we're so set up, why are they so worried about diesel? Because diesel fuel basically is what our supply chain runs on. The trains, the tugboats that pull the barges, the trucks that carry the food to your neighborhood. People, you've got to think about what is happening around you. We're, we're the first generation. And I say this every time because I, I, I want you to understand that. We 
are the first generation, well, the first couple of generations that have given up food security for convenience. Our forefathers would roll over in our grave if they looked in their cupboards and we only had two days of food in there. Because they were prepared for hard times because sometimes the crops didn't work out. Even the Indians had this knowledge. They would put up pemmican. A pemmican, you can find pemmican recipes all across the internet. But they would put up pemmican. And they even still find, I think, pemmican in this day and age if they're doing certain, uh, ex, you know, um, archaeological digs in certain, you know, areas. And they still find it. Now, I ain't going to say it's edible, but they still find it because the Indians knew there might be a bad season and they may need this extra meat. So they put it up and it preserved very well. They, 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 it had all the nutrients you need. You had your protein, you had, uh, they would put berries in it and, and they would put the fat from the, the rendered meat and they would store it and it would, it would last a long time. Even they prepared for the hard times and we see increasingly more. I mean, even, even our clothing is not prepared for the hard times. I see kids walking around in pajamas and my kids, they'll be wanting to go out and play in the woods with their jogging pants in little Nike jogging pants. And they're getting them tore to pieces on the saw briars. You, you send the average um, urban citizen, I'd say, in, in, a, in a major urban area, out into the woods. Let's say they're there. It's like Ukraine, the, you know, and they're ha- and it's like uh, Kiev. They're having to evacuate to a refugee center. The roads are packed. There's no more fuel. The diesel has about completely run out because they cut off our whole supply. You know, they, they, they bombed our refineries, which is a thing that will happen. They, they would hit our refineries. That would be a strategic uh, target. And so you're having to walk out of that city in your Nike jogging pants, probably a tank top, a, a windbreaker on, maybe maybe a heavy coat. And, and that's that's what you're, you're traveling in. And then you get out in the thick brush. Then you get out into the woods. Then you have to maybe run from somebody because predators – Always follow the herds. And think about that. When you got mass amounts of people evacuating an area, because it happened in Ukraine, you had tons of people coming into Poland, and then they had uh, a lot of issues that they were having to look into with human trafficking, children being kidnapped, because you had these mothers coming out and the fathers were staying to fight. And these mothers were not supplied to take care of these children in, in that that kind of weather you had like a uh, they said in a lot of cases when you went to the train stations in poland where they were set up you would have a mother and she would have like five to six kids in one blanket to keep them warm from the red cross or from the un uh peacekeepers or whoever was there whatever organization was there there was a complete lack of organization when it came to all of the charity organizations there so i want you to think about this we're, we're a majority. The West is where a majority of those charity organizations that step in and help are. What if, what's going to happen when we are the charity case? Who's going to come help us? Do you think China and Russia are going to come help us, our, our counterparts? Do you think Great Britain, Great Britain's in worse shape than we are right now? Europe as a whole is seeing more inflation than we are. Firewood over there is becoming like toilet paper was here during the pandemic. Um, people are going on to people's land and stealing firewood right now because they can't, the price of it's so high. If, if you ha- are that ostrich with your head in the sand and you think everything's going to be okay, you are not paying attention. Pull your head up out the sand. 
start looking at what's going on around you. I would throw up the ReadyWise uh, code I got, but just basically go to ReadyWise. I don't even have the code anymore. Go to ReadyWise. Get you some food put up in case you got to evacuate. Go, go get some beans and rice. If you can, order the Mylar bags and auction absorbers. I got the videos. Go watch them. Learn to put up food in the last 20 years. Literally the food that I have been putting up for over the last decade. I have food, some of that food I've used in hard times when we were laid off and we couldn't afford to go buy a bill of groceries. Or we had to help someone during the, we had to help to their families during the pandemic because they couldn't get certain things. And then here we are, you know, we're this far past the lockdowns. And literally the food, the beans and rice I put up that I could get since then, trying to get my stock back up, has tripled, sometimes quadrupled in price from what I was paying prior to all this inflation. You can't tell me there ain't no inflation, folks. I mean, the price is there on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, if you want to prove inflation and you and you think it's not real, go walk through your local Walmart. Go get a tank of gas. The people that are saying there's no inflation, they ain't went grocery shopping lately. They ain't went and filled their tank up with gas. They got somebody sitting there doing that work for them, and they think it's all okay. And that guy's sitting there thinking, you don't know how much we're spending now, bud. Thank you, Jerry Dale. Thank you for your help, my friend. We got Jerry Dale in the house. He's a good friend of mine. Y'all go give him a follow. We got all this stuff. This is why I call it the chaos cast, folks. If you ain't figured it out. I mean, we have literal a chaotic collapse in, in the process of happening. This ain't the 90s, folks. It ain't Friday night football game at the high school and go home and have some beer in the evenings after work. I mean, you're literally at one point could be starving if you do not plan ahead. If you don't know how to grow food, we're looking at an economic collapse worse than the depression. And 80% of the country could grow food at that time. They could at least keep themselves alive. Now we are seeing some hope in these families that are beginning to homestead and use heirloom seeds again. Most people don't even realize you can't take the seed from your garden and replant it and get what you planted because of such hybridization. People just don't realize what's going on. And they don't realize, too, that we use a lot of the byproducts from the fossil fuels that everybody wants to ban for fertilizer. And they're trying to ban fertilizer. They banned fertilizer in Sri Lanka uh, for like six months, and then they come back and made it legal again because their economy and their and their food supply began to collapse, and the people went into the palace and uh, raided the presidential palace, and the guy just resigned. The guy resigned. They were out there swimming in his pool. This was big news. If you didn't know about this, go look it up. There's video everywhere of those people raiding that palace. Uh, it, for anybody that wants to ask, for, say that's not true, that I'm telling lies, just it's a simple Google search. And if you if you want to sit there and call me a liar, and you're not going to go and 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 have enough energy about you to do this Google search, hey, <laughs> you're the ostrich with your head in the sand. You got your head in the sand. I'm telling you, I need to make a shirt. It's an ostrich silhouette that says head in the sand, head in the sand. That that homestead school wife mom, man, that's a long name. We're going to call you HSSWM. Uh, HSSWM. <laughs> uh, you're exactly right. I actually talked to a pastor about this, and he looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> he looked at me like I was insane. So I wouldn't tell him about it. Why? Let's go to Walmart. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. And then at that time, they were making posts, well, my God will protect me when uh, 
because well, you know there was there was no food, there was no formula. These guys, this guy actually had a baby, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm not talking bad about it. I'm saying this is just the the logic we have in this day and age. God's gonna take care of it. I mean, God's supposed to take care of yourself at some point. God will help you, but if you're too stupid, to t- if you're so heavenly minded, you know earthly good, God don't know what to do with you. He does, but he, ain't, he I mean, he's not gonna step in for stupidity sometimes. I mean, he's going to let you experience the pain. Yeah, the fake faith. I had a buddy, he's a hunter, and he was, and, and we were discussing, or he got into it with one of my friends on here, and he was uh, arguing with him, my face bigger than your fear. I'm like, this ain't fear. This is just common sense. It's like the guy that was at the, he was sitting there, and the flood was coming, and you know, we tell this every day. I don't know, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, the tractor comes, I mean, a pickup truck comes by, he says, uh, hey, hop in. We'll get you out of here. I'm waiting on God to save me. Uh, the tractor rolls by with the wagon and says, hey, hop in. We're going to save you. No, man, I'm waiting on God to save me. He climbs up the second floor. Boat comes rolling by. He said, hop in. We're gonna, uh, we'll take you to shore. He said, we'll take you to higher ground. He said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. He gets to the top and a helicopter flies by, throws down the rope, says, climb the rope. We're going to take you to safety. He says, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. Water gets up over his head. He drowns. And he gets to heaven. He said, God, why didn't you save me? He said, well, dang. I, I, he said, well, I don't think God said dang. Would God say dang? Probably not. That's that's a slang. But he, he's like, hey, I sent four or five people to get you, and you didn't get in, in any of them. What'd you think? <laughs> Do not tempt the Lord your God. I want you to think about it. Jesus would not jump off a mountain when Satan tempted him. Because uh, uh, here's how Satan friend him. He said, you just jump off. His angels will lift you up lest you feet. That's the rocks. He said, I'm not tempting the Lord my God. Some of some of the Christian world. Now, I'm, now, now, mind you, I'm a licensed minister. I'm a Pentecostal minister in the church of God. Mind you this. Some people in the church are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. They're testing God. They're testing God. Yeah, he's going to supply your need. He's going to take care of you. But at some point, we got to look at the church was persecuted. The church went hungry. The church was put in coliseums and killed by lions. Some point you need to be a little bit uh, thinking ahead because he also puts the example of the ant where the ant prepares for winter. He expects you to use your common sense. You know that scripture says, uh, if a man doesn't work, it says if a man don't work, a man don't eat. Because people were sitting around waiting for the rapture, you know, waiting for the kingdom of God to establish itself. Well, I'm not going to work no more. I'm just going to sit around you. And they were living off the rest of the church. Why? Because here's the thing about the church in that day and age. The church in that day and age, where we have maybe 20% of the people in the church actually work to keep it going, and the rest of the people just come in, and they want to sit on the pew and hear some good music, some good preaching from the pulpit. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Better not do none of that Facebook stuff, because then they'll try to replace uh, church with Facebook. And, and yeah, but we got to go out and witness door to door. But anyways, a majority of them are sitting there thinking, God's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of me. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't going to let me go without. He ain't going to let me. But he sit there and clearly told you, you don't work, you don't eat. So the church don't take care of its own like it used to did. Back then, the church came together and everybody's needs were met. Think about that. We have got so caught up in this new age version of church. I mean, <laughs> there's most people going to swear by a red back hymnal and the King James Version Bible. And I've had people literally hinder uh, a Sunday school class trying to tell me I needed to 
to use a King James Bible to teach from because they were assuming I didn't have one. And I actually had a King James version of the Bible that was older than the Bible they had in their hand. I said, I, I said, you do realize he thought that, that was the original version of the Bible. I'm getting off on church folks, but I'm going to tell you, he thought that was the original version of the Bible. And he felt God led him to go around and tell all these young men. He, he felt God telling him uh, go around and tell all these new young men and ministers go around and uh, hey, uh, tell them how things are and tell them what they need to do. And and he actually literally thought the, King, the, the, the old King James Version Bible was the original English translation. And I said, dude, you do know what the Gutenberg Bible is, don't you? No, what is that? I said, that that's predates King James, my friend. I said, you know what the Council of Nicaea is, don't you? No, what's that? I said, that's the folks that came together and kind of put the Bible together uh, for for the Roman Emperor that was wanting a standard text because he became a Christian, he wanted to, he wanted to make this the national religion of Rome, and he wanted a standard religious text. And they had to weed through all the manuscripts and put it together because there was some crazy stuff that was out there that really didn't follow the traditions of the church and what Christ had taught, and stuff they couldn't prove. And then there was stuff they had going back for centuries. So they, he, he didn't understand that prior to the printing press, you had monks that sit there, uh, just that was their, that was their call from God to write these Bibles in Latin. And, and then they, it became a, a, a choke point for the, the um, Roman Catholic church because the average man didn't know how to read, didn't know how to read Latin. And there was no English version of the Bible. It was actually against the law. Gutenberg actually broke the law doing what he did. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> he had no clue about this. So I run into tons of Christians that are so heavenly minded. They're not earthly good. They're so worried about trivial, stupid things in the church. And they're not even focused on the things that matter, helping each other and, and taking care of one another and sharing knowledge. You know, there's so many older folks in the church that could teach the younger folks about gardening, homesteading, old hand tool skills, old crafting skills. There's so many things in the church and we're so focused on, you know, we can't have that, that technology in the church. They're fighting over the, the, the tone of the, the, the beat of the music. They're fighting over PA systems. They're fighting over uh, piano versus electric guitar. They're fighting over uh, dresses, pants, or shorts. Uh, stupid stuff I've seen in churches over the years. Yeah, we, yeah, I was brought up like that. Yeah. And, and you know, I'd, I'd say homestead, school wife, there are those that don't want to learn. But some don't know they want to learn. You know what I'm saying? That's why I advocate for this, these platforms. So many people use YouTube to learn what they're interested in. People want to learn what they're interested in. Sometimes they don't know they're interested until they come across something that piques their interest. And and that's one thing I've been trying to work with the church. we got to quit just preaching from a pulpit. we got to start being in the hands of the feet of Christ. Go out there and be a good example to folks. Help them out a little bit. Give them something interesting that draws them in. And, and then you might be able to get that church back up and rolling again. You might be able to get these kids interested in homesteading again. I mean, some kids... Uh, their interest in survival might start with a knife. Hey, that knife looks cool. I like that. Next thing you know, you've got them over there figuring out bushcraft. And then they figure out they can do something on their own, just like Minecraft, but out in the woods. Next thing you know, they're doing that. And then they get to thinking about farming. It, it progresses because I went through that progression myself over the years. 
Yes, and see, that's what we got to do, uh, homestead school wise. But we got we got all this insanity going on. We're, we're worried about the thing. We're so worried about things that don't matter in this world. I, I, I talk to people every day on here. They they want to say, "Well, you're uneducated." I got told I had a racist accent one time, and I'm like, "What the heck is that?" And everybody in the country's just racist. Is that what you assume? Uh, <laughs> and here I here I am. You know, <laughs> here I am. Obviously, I, I I'm just getting stuff stereotyped on me. But we're so worried about politics. You know, in the end of the day, when if this red wave happens, do you really think things are going to get better in America? Do you because re- because I remember when they called for the wet red wave when Obama was in office and they didn't like what he was doing and nothing happened. It was just an argument all the time. They blamed the Republicans. The Republicans blamed them. You know, and and then you know even when a lot of people got what they thought they wanted with the economy from President Trump. Even then, yeah, it was just a big squabble, and everything got undone with the economy. Because now here we are. Here we are <laughs> in an even worse place than we was six or seven years ago with gas. We're, I mean, gas is consistently at, at close to $4 a gallon, if not over $4 a gallon. Uh, and Biden's – so it was, it was $4.72 when I got in. I, he don't even know what the gas prices was because so, he don't even fill his own tank up. Probably not happening in decades. He probably got a driver. And that's what I'm talking about. People have come, become so dislocated from general knowledge. Your average kid thinks meat is grown in the back like vegetables in their grocery store. Literally have people like, what's wrong with your grocery store? Why are you raising chickens? I'm like, have you tasted the meat in there? Do you know where that meat comes from? What's wrong with your brain? <laughs> I mean, I'm getting continuously more cynical as the years go by. Lord, help us all. Help us all, Lord Jesus. But, you know, I, I see some, so many people worried about the wrong things. We're worried about fighting over positions, fighting over belief systems. When literally, if something big happens, there ain't enough people that know about how to grow their own food and keep themselves alive. Like they, they'll know all the presidents of history. They'll know all kinds of facts about some great theologian. They'll know all these statistics about politics, about stock market, but if it all come down to it and you had to keep yourself alive, you would die. And you keep thinking this world is just going to keep going, but we have never seen in the history of man we have never seen a kingdom, an empire, a, a city state. We've never seen anything go and last forever. They always collapse in some way or form or have to be reformed or remade. See, homeschool wife, I'm actually having to restock my chicken. Flock. I was actually planning on restocking my chicken flock because my hens were past two years old. Because a lot of people don't realize there's a limit on the eggs you're going to get from a hen. They're going to, they got a, they got a shelf life, folks. <laughs> got to start throwing them in the boiling pot after a while. That's why I get these dual, dual purpose chickens. But we actually had a hawk that came and got the rest of the flock. So I'm in the midst of having to put up fishing line to keep the hawk deterred from coming. So I'm going to have a fishing line over it to keep them from flying down. And I'm restocking my chicken flock now, which I lost 
a good number of them. I got down to a rooster and a hen, so and I thought they were going at one point. But we actually had some in the brooder that had hatched off that are actually laying size now. And a lot of people think, yeah, I'm going to buy these baby chicks and have me some eggs in about two months. Now, you look at them maybe five to six, maybe seven or eight months, depending on the chicken. And it depends on what you feed them. And, and people just don't know these things. They're, they're so focused on we got to get an electric car and save the world. You're not going to save the world with no electric car. I, I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Big John got six more. We got rid of our goats. And that was a sad thing. We got rid of our goats. And um, I miss them, but I don't. Because them things would hop the fence, eat all the chicken feed, and then chickens would jump in there and start pick, jump out of the fence, start picking bugs. And we had, issue, had issues with that. Thank you for praying for us there, Ricochet. I'm going to see who these requests are to come up. Uh, <laughs> shifter shifter Brains. We're going to accept that. Jared Dale, I'll bring you up after Shifter Brains. How you doing? So far, so good, brother. Been listening for a little bit here. Good, good to have you on. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you you expounded so much on which topic to start with: <laughs> the electrical problem, or you know the, the the rumors of war problem, maybe the Euphrates drying up problem, biblical problem there. Um, you there, you had a lot of points coming up. I, what was it? A, a Poseidon carrying submarine having a fire problem? No, that was actually a British submarine. Um, yeah, but it's carrying Poseidon type armaments, right? Um, uh, no, the Poseidon's actually from America, probably. The Poseidon missiles are it's Trident, Trident missiles. Trident, Trident. Yeah. That's right, Trident. You said that's right. Trident two, actually. But, uh, it's yeah, it was, that. We got a lot of we got a lot of stuff going on in the world. It seems um, almost biblical, and it's not so to speak, but actually biblical. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion, I mean, with the Euphrates drying up. So uh, the Euphrates drying up. That's 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 a big point. That seems to be the one that you keep bringing up. That I feel like will be good for you to expound on. What, 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 explain to the viewers and the listeners, because this is going to be going out on a podcast, explain what we're seeing with the Euphrates and and the scriptural significance. I'm going to let you lead our viewers and listeners through that. Well, from what I can gather, which is just a skim off the top, and I'll be honest with that, so I'm not going to mislead anybody with what I know or think I know about it, is supposed to be releasing some angels okay and it was somewhere within revelations that it mentions that when the euphrates river dries up that you know there in the four horsemen you know shall be released or something of that nature there's a prophecy about it that's the little bit i gleaned about it but i was linking it also to the fact that the mississippi river is also becoming a little less you know healthy mm-hmm. is dropping so I'm saying quite frankly if certain areas are drying up maybe it's a little less biblical maybe a little more geological like over in America if our you know literally our 
Um, Mississippi is drying up also. Wouldn't that signify uplift? Okay. You know what I mean? Uplift in, in, in this you know, basic geology in that area, maybe. So explain maybe. that to me, uplift. What's your, what's your meaning by that term? Logical uplift due to, you know, like tectonic pressures. Okay. Because we, you know, we have fault lines, they're constantly moving. That's something that's never going to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what we might know, what they keep calling climate change, but never really defining theoretically maybe like a super shift you know super shear that, that you know, we're talking like miles of geological features yeah. slamming and you know doing its thing like what was mentioned the broom of destruction in the bible yeah you know so so what we might be sitting on the precursor of such events and all this repetitive talk about climate change is kind of like tongue-in-cheek. They're saying climate change, but they don't mean the whole freaking world's going to turn upside down. Or they do mean that the world's going to turn upside down pretty much, but they're not saying it outright. But they're saying climate change, climate change, climate change, just so they can say, hey, we told you the world's going to change. Mm-hmm. And that we wouldn't you know, find them liable for going underground in deep underground military bases stockpiling all sorts of food cattle chickens you know i mean that's crazy maybe sounding but what do you see happen um so what you're you're explaining basically you know what what we're seeing is a natural thing because of the geological movement of the earth and that's causing a lot of our climate change that is being attributed to what you know most call man-made uh fossil fuels and a lot of people contradict that. Uh, some people say it's it's yay or nay. I'm not taking a position. But I, I can see what you're saying because the the shifting of the tectonic plates is going to affect a lot of things. A lot of people are going to, if, if, if we were to have, say, a, uh, uh, they call, uh, what is it, a polar shift uh, where the poles shifted? I mean, a lot of yeah. places would be moved. Now, we know this has happened because... We look at old maps that show Antarctica closer to South America. We look at South America and Africa. I mean, people have, you know, scientists have talked how basically they used to be conjoined, and they believe a lot of it was conjoined. A lot of Christians call that Pangea, the original, um, uh, the original one continent. Yeah, and so I can see what you're saying being a possibility, but. Here's the other thing I see. They built so much infrastructure up behind this, um, behind this go green of environmentalist narrative. They can't retract it because there's too much built on it. There's too much money invested, and too many people are in power that are that are getting money from this. It's it's kind of like uh, with the COVID, with the uh, coronavirus and the vaccine. You had so many doctors that supported so many measures, but they were getting paid. Um, you, you have this in a lot of different issues and narratives. We see the money gets behind something and it's hard to, to kind of go around it because that's what they're paying people to prove. And 
Uh, there may be a few people looking at this, like what you're talking about, but they're not exactly, you know, mainstream or they're not able to get the funding to put that out there. Uh, what I do see in prophecy does describe a lot of uh, ecological as well as economical and societal upheaval in the last days. And, and we are seeing that. We're seeing earthquakes in various places. We're seeing wars, rumors of wars. We're seeing the potentiality for a lot of prophecies to converge at once. I, I'm one of those that kind of believe we've been seeing the, the birth pangs begin since Israel was renamed as uh, as a state. And now we're seeing the push to build the temple again. And they've had the pieces of the temple put up for years. They've had the ephodes of the priests numbered and boxed and cataloged. When this thing goes up, I mean, it's going to be built like, you know, it's going to go up quick. And they're potentially coming to a solution of building this thing again. Uh, where they feel like they found the original Temple Mount. And obviously, if they're building it, it's not where the Dome of the Rock is because that would cause a holy war. And every Muslim state in the world would, would rush in to attack them. Yeah, they'd have a Zionist massacre uh, on their hands, really. Oh, yeah. The, the biggest the biggest thing that stands out to me is that you know it wasn't too many years back that we had Lake or Orville Dam, okay, that had a problem. Remember Orville Dam, one of the tallest dams in America. Are you talking about the one that was in California that was causing a lot of problems there? Yes, they okay. had a damaged spillway plus structural damage also due yeah. to erosion and lack of tech that when it was installed. Anyways, the whole fact of the matter is I'm they listening. had to let go of all the water. Go for it. You can go ahead and keep for going. People in the room, they, they had to let go of all that water pretty much in order to do the job right. Now, that previous, that, that next season, it didn't get the right enough rain in California to resubstantiate that, that, that water that was there before. Now, we're talking about square miles of water, not just a little bit of water. We're talking square miles of water. Now, when you put that much pressure on a specific region for long enough, you're going to actually put your geological pressure on the plate itself. Now relieve that and not reapply it for over however long it's been, uh -huh. maybe five years. What we could have or expect is tectonic uplift or volcanic activity due to the lack of pressure in that specific region, unlocking doors for, you know, activity on seismic levels so because of that you're saying that dam after you know it, it released all that water pressure that was on that tectonic plate that may could be what's causing uh what you're calling tectonic uplift and and causing these rivers to start running dry and empty out could be hmm. I, i've never heard this before but it's interesting. Well, I mean, this is this is only from the mind of Minolta over here, brother. I, these are the things <laughs> I sit here and think about. Why would Mississippi hey, try to 
And the first thing that pops to my mind is, well, there's a bunch of reasons why. Mm -hmm. but they all must be linked together so that it makes a plausible scenario to even put forth a theory. And it's just a theory. You know, but if I can't present it correctly, nobody's going to be like looking at it like it's even possible or plausible. Yeah. So you got to make one link to the other in order to really get a description on the continent that, in fact, that we live on. And given some of the things that I do watch, I watch an earthquake, uh, you know, reports from Dutch Sense. I watch suspicious observers for my magnetic universe or plasma universe information, because basically we're in a north-south pole type deal with everything. And no, no one can, I, I myself, I cannot fathom this being by accident. Hmm. I firmly believe that God sat there and said, well, this has got to be this way, that way, it's got to be that way. Yes, the platypus has got to be poisonous, venomous, excuse me. You know, and you know, he's got his reasons. Who yeah. am I to wonder? But I can, I'm, I'm okay to wonder, just not make a judgment about it. What oh, I'm yeah. trying to do is just catch on to the, the actual movement of our earth because it's not just some inanimate object. It is a living thing. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, it wouldn't cry out to God about the sins that we've committed against it. That's a that's an interesting that's an interesting talking point. I've never thought about that. Um, yeah, okay. You got you got you piqued my interest in that. Uh, I've never thought about that. And a lot of what you're bringing up is I've never you know even went down this rabbit trail <laughs> as to say it in redneck terms. So you're you're kind of getting me thinking in a whole another area it's a whole other thing to research for information on the show so heck yeah um we do know earth is highly complex i mean over 200 uh discovered processes going on that allow life on earth as we see it and they used to only think there was one process and that's how they were planning on terraforming other planets but the more they found out, the more they realized, we're just going to have to put this stuff under domes that we can control. Like terraforming Mars, they're more and more talking about putting a dome on that thing because it has no magnetosphere, has no uh, rotation like we do. Uh, uh, we're not looking at a place that's similar to Earth like we think. We're, we're on a razor's edge in a lot of ways that people don't, the average person is not taught in school or, you, you know, educated on and so hearing you talk about this even furthers that complication of the world and it's and it's complex complexity um it seems more and more like it, it, it couldn't have just happened it's not an irreversible type of com, uh complexity that could have just evolved through stages it, it's like something that has been constructed like you said god had his reasons we don't always know god's reasoning because the more and more we find out that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, literally, and even even the creatures that live on this earth and us included are just there. There's so many little things that make what make it what it is. You know, it, it was it was like a masterpiece that was painted. You know, and I'm not talking to Bob Ross' little happy mistakes. We're talking about dang full on. Uh, you know, a uh, full-on Thomas Kincaid. 
I, I had said that exact same phrase this morning when I was talking to another fellow, and he says, I said to him, I says, you know, each and every one of us. Now we're getting a reverberation from you. Is uh, Are you traveling down the road? No, I'm out here on the porch step. Now it's probably a lot quieter. But I was telling my friend that, you know, each and every one of us, God made in his, his, his own mold for us, fired in the crucible, poured us into it, made us from it, and then shattered it and cast it back to the dust it was whence it came from and it gathers more for the next mold because each and every one of us is part of the beautiful painting that's only going to come to fruition when we all, you know, share the knowledge and share the love that he gave us and commanded us to use. Okay, so we, we have a commenter on YouTube, my friend Ricochet. Now, he's making this comment, and um, I can see both sides of this. He's 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 disagreeing on the, the living thing. He said, I disagree. It's a dying thing. Yeah, this stupid comment will stay up. There we go. I disagree it's a dying thing without the presence of the glory of God when Adam, when Adam and Eve, or when Adam sinned everything, Ah, this stupid thing. There we go. When Adam sinned, everything started dying, which is why we we will have a new heaven or earth. So I can kind of see that correlating with what you're saying. It's a it, it was life, and now it's we're the reason we're seeing it like this is it's dying, and it's going to be remade. Does that make sense? Is that something you can agree with? Well, I can I can definitely get behind the theory that it's ever-changing and uh, you know death is you know just another step in this life that he gave us whether or not we return to the fabric from whence we've been cut is choice of father not of son you know that's that's where it always boils down for me in my mm -hmm. home that you know the whole world is his choice and if you dig deep enough you'll find things that just signify that this isn't the first go around. Okay. You know, and so, so, uh, keep going around till we have it right with him, not the other way around. Expand on that. This ain't the first go around. What, what, what are you referring to on that? I'm referring to that this isn't the first civilization that's existed and been wiped out like Noah and all them were the first civilization. And, you know, those men were wiped out and they're, technological advances had led them to believe that they could just take and not earn. So you are you saying that we had an advanced civilization prior flood and then absolutely I am because okay. the Lord you know he's not gonna listen he's not gonna take you know no for an answer in my humble opinion. He's, he's just it's not that's not in our way. It's mm -hmm. not his has not ever been it's not ever been written that Lord said, you know, oh, okay, you said no, so that was good with that. Never. So, I mean, Jonah ended up in the belly of a great fish. Yeah. Spat out upon the sea, uh, the shores of Nineveh, did he not? Yeah. So it's like, I look at that and I'm like, God doesn't take no for an answer and he doesn't ask stupid questions. He asks questions to the, you know, to which he already knows the answer. He's tested you to see if you 
are going to be willful and giving one of them smart aleck answers like Kane did. <laughs> or yeah. if you're going to be well, Kane knew he was being a smart aleck because God would not have asked you if you where your brother is if you were not your brother's keeper. And that's the whole principle of it. Yeah. And the lesson was is that, you know, just the insolence was Cain asking him, I'm my brother's keeper because he I, was wroth with God because the sacrifice wasn't good enough. I, I just like how you said a smart aleck statement that Cain made. <laughs> it called out well, Cain. I'm sorry, but that's exactly what it was. It's disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, people people look at these guys in the Bible as like, you can't touch them. You can't. I mean, a lot of people don't realize Noah was a drunk. He was he was a drunk that wandered out uh, naked in front of his his family and uh, caused some issues there. An embarrassment, yeah, literally an embarrassment. But it also is written that I shall take the least of you and make a cornerstone of him. Exactly, yeah. I, I like how God can take somebody that the world may cast away, or you know, somebody that has failed, and He can make that a crucial part of His plan. Um. Yeah. So you're talking about prior civilizations. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the Dakes Annotated Bible. Are you, have you ever read that um, that study Bible? The what? The Dakes, D-A-K-E, Dakes Annotated Bible. No, the, the, the only two really good books I have are, um, it's, it's a Bible dictionary and a, uh, a, cross, a cross-reference Mm-hmm. Uh, See, so the reason I'm bringing up Dakes is um, he was a, a theologian. He, he he created probably one of the most comprehensive uh, study Bibles that, you know, that I've ever seen that, you know, my dad swears by it. A lot of men swear by it. Um, but he had a, a theory that there was man prior to the void, that when the earth was void and without form, when God and when the spirit of the Lord moved upon the deep, he had that theory there too. Um, there's a lot of this floating around and coming out more now, people thinking in this way of the Tartaria situation with the mud flood, prior civilizations, prior technological situations. And one of the things I look at key with, it tells that we it'll be as in the days of Noah. And uh, man, I got some kind of insane thing coming on. On uh, on uh, YouTube, I'm trying to remove these chats. Uh, some looks like se- uh, sex friend biz come up on my chat. We're trying to eliminate oh, it. Horrible. Yeah, they found me, and they're trying to use this as a as a topic point. I have to go in there and edit it. But we see well, a- after the flood, the Lord, it was stuff people want to turn. <laughs> they want to shut it down, but. When you see um, when you see they're going to build the Tower of Babel, and they're talking about you know building something that can reach heaven. Now we know in our sense that they're not going to be able to build what we would call now um, basically a space elevator um, type thing. People keep looking at a building. God wasn't threatened by some building that was going to reach into space. Um, what what I feel like they were doing, they had some kind of technology. Maybe it was a, you know, a, a space elevator, some kind of technology that was still being fostered after the flood. You know, and it says that it would be like the days of Noah. Yeah, there's a lot of sin. There's a lot of 
uh, greed. There's a lot of uh, things that have been fostered, but a lot of them have been fostered because of technology and and the and basically the globalization of man. Uh, and could the could that have been a civilization that uh, was technologically advanced? That when these fallen angels came down, um, maybe they were educated, uh, gave them technology. Came down and taught, taught. I do believe those in Egypt about electricity, mm-hmm. but they taught them the DC version, high, uh, you know, high quality. Tesla's electric. You talking about Nikola Tesla's uh, type? Absolutely not. Oh, you're talking about pyramids. Okay. You know the pyramids. Okay. You know the pyramids used to be capped in gold. Yeah. Real gold. Okay. Well, guess what? So did the inner shaft that goes down at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. And there was another shaft that was up there that was off to another degree angle, right? Projecting out the other side. What they would do, in my theory, would take sand and pour it down that first shaft which was gilded with gold and when it did the silica in the sand would abrade against the gold and create a static charge hmm. that's that yeah generate generate electricity with they would light a bulb of sorts to shoot a beam up through the center channel against a gold mirror out that 45 on the other side as a maybe like a, a universal gate of sorts or yeah. signaling you know I, I feel like it's kind of naive to think that we went all these eons and now we just come to this point where we have steam technology now we've come to this point where we just now have electricity that man advanced and, and is evolved but we find things that that defy that in history. I mean, they actually found a hammerhead solidified in stone as, as, as it was fossilized. Um, I think, I, I think that was like meted out to either be a fraud or what they said. I'm not sure. Was that basically it was kind of like a, a concrete like process that mm-hmm. it had basically, um, how would you say it had basically like the, the it had built up around that some kind of dust, which maybe, yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy, but I, I'm thinking, you know, when the flood happened, there was a lot of disheaval. That's why I don't believe in the age of the earth like they they, they commented yeah, it is. Because not strictly on that one yeah. either. Well, see, I, I think we're close to timing, but they don't know what the is, you know, yeah. in an engine. Oh hell! I got a call from my boss across. Well, that's good. That's good, man. I'm about to have to end it and uh, do my prayer because kids are about to get home. So um, I'll let you drop down. And this has been interesting, man. Come on back in here. Uh, this this good stuff. We're gonna have this on our podcast. We we kept it recording, so it'll be on the chaos cast. Y'all can if you come in at the back end of this uh, this discussion and the news. Go listen to the full thing on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, or on the um, on the podcast, just look up Chaos Cast, and you'll see the Edge Twenty Nine Chaos Preparedness Emblem with the Ghost Knife under it on Spotify. I'm working on 
getting it into uh, more more platforms. I'm just trying to figure things out. So we thank y'all that have come in. We thank you that are avidly preparing for what I see as social uh, upheaval. Uh, not not per the norm of history, but not per the norm of what we're used to. And so I hope you're prepared. You're, this inspires you to be prepared, educate you on what's happening around the world. And, uh, you know, as you move forward, getting um, getting better prepared from what what we're telling you is coming. Uh, thoughts on Republicans gutting Social Security and Medicare. Um not likely that it's happening the way you're explaining it, Wayne Duke. And I don't really get political. That's a narrative and a talking point just for argumentation and to divide people. I don't care about politics. We keep that out. So if you, if you we're about to end, we're about to say a prayer. And uh, everybody just pray for Wayne Duke down there because they're talking about politics and, and division and all kinds of craziness. Uh but, yeah, I hope you go to the site and check out the blog. We're going to upload the show notes uh, on our blog. We're going to have links to the podcast, links to the live streams on YouTube, the recap. And we're going to have, uh, you know, different links to affiliates that we need. We'll try it. It'll probably be about early morning when I get home from work that I'll upload that when I have time. I'm fixing to have to start getting ready, get the, these kids to come in and get ready for work. So we thank you for coming in. We thank you for supporting us. We've got some great things coming down the line. we got some new things with ReadyWise we're going to be looking at. They've got a whole new affiliate program. So we're going to be working on turning my landing page on my website. I'm going to be working on turning that into a, a link tree with with uh, link buttons that you can go straight to and we're working. We've got the link on Blackbeard Firestarter, but it's the time I need. So Friday, hopefully I'll be able to put the links in order. We'll have Phoenix Light. We'll have uh, ReadyWise. We'll have Blackbeard Firestarters. We'll have the links you need to get to those sites and be able to get the discounts, be able to find the products that we've tested out and we know work. And, um, and just some good quality gear. Now, at Blackbeard Firestarter, I'm telling you, they got some cool stuff. And and I, re you can go back and watch the videos that we posted. I'm not going to be posting new videos today. I'm gonna, I got a new video that came up, and uh, we're gonna let that roll for a while because this is exhausting sometimes, folks. <laughs> Working, being a dad, running an online uh, ministry and forum, and now, incidentally, y'all be praying with me about it. I'm talking with a fellow minister about a men's conference. And, and it may be something fairly large. Um, uh, I, I would, I'm thinking about calling a buddy of mine on here that's a, a minister. And, and we're just gonna, going to create a place for men to come and, and relieve burdens and stress and have times of prayer. Because right now we got, we got something for everybody. And, and this new generation of men have been left behind. And they're not the ones that caused all the problems that everybody tries to blame white men for. And, and men in general for. So we're going to have a time for everybody, of all, all men of all races, hopefully, to come together. It's just something I'm, I feel the Lord leading, you know, me in that direction, if, if whether I get it together or I help somebody get it together. But, um, yeah, um, that's something we're going to look at. And, and, when, and saying it's a men's conference, it's still, women will still be able to come. Because more, and more likely it might be a bunch of women come just because we call it a men's conference. <laughs> but the word's going to get preached and, 
and we're going to have a good time, hopefully. But this is something way, way next year we're looking at. But, yeah, just uh, we're going to pray. Y'all pray for me. I'll pray for y'all. Let's pray for the world. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray for the everyday average man to have something ready because things are just continuously getting worse. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time for us to come together. I thank you for the discussions we've had, Lord. We talked a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of uh, we talked a little bit about uh, scientific stuff. We talked a little bit about uh, prepping. We talked a little bit about the news, Lord God. But above everything, I hope people see, Lord God, that that you are my main preparation, and that you can be their main preparation for the chaos that comes. Lord God, with societal collapse and societal upheaval that we're seeing at this scale, I pray, God, that you just help people find that peace in you and your son. I pray that you help us to promote that and help people to see it in the in a better light than what uh, people try to portray it as, God. Um, you are not a burden, Lord Jesus. I feel like you are a comforter. You are a strength and a shield in my times of need. And I, and I hope that I display that to others, God. Help me to do that. But I pray you help these folks that are that come in here with us every day and those that just may have wandered in and wonder what we're doing. Help them to find peace in you. Help them to find, uh, you know, strength, Lord God, in these hard times that we live and and, uh, and to learn about how to take care of themselves and their family, even with all these shortages and and supply line issues and, and fuel issues that we're seeing. The, the fear, Lord God, that seems to be with everybody. Just help them to find that peace in you during all this. And I pray, Lord, that, you know, just help us to get better. Help us to get better at doing your will. Help us to get better at serving you. Help us, Lord God, every day to, to get better at what we're doing, trying to help folks here, send the people along, um, just just laying on those hearts that 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 could come in here and be a part of this and help us. And we thank you, for Lord, for sending along these good mods we have that come in here every day. Just have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, amen. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, pray for Wayne, dude. Whatever he's dealing with in his life, uh, Lord help him. I don't know what he's dealing with, but give him, give him some help and help him quit worrying about politics and divisive politics. Because we don't care. The politics don't matter, folks. The politics don't matter. Y'all have a good one. We're going to be getting off. We're going to be uh, stopping. This is the end of the podcast. Hope you had a good time.